old Packers all the time. He has come light years in the last two months, and people should be over the moon excited about that. Okay, most of the time. Almonds specifically or all nuts? Well, these nuts, those nuts, whatever nuts work. It's Jason Wildey on Jen, Gabe, and Chew. Brought to you by Boucher Automotive. With 16 different new car brands and over 35 pre-owned brands to choose from. Boucher Automotive. We are driven by you. Always great to have our friend and teammate Jason Wildy hanging out with Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Good morning, Jason. How's your week going? Uh, better than yours? Well, my week is going fine so far. Can't complain. You sound stressed. I, I'm oh, not stressed. Oh, Joshy is stressed. He's got he's got stress by proxy. Oh, I'm stressed. <laughs> I, I think uh, what we're deciding here as a collective is I need to make some other arrangements. That's probably good advice. Yeah, thank you very <laughs> much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I support you in any way I can. Appreciate that. We are turning our attention to the draft wow. for the Green Bay Packers. Um, and we have talked about how since Pete Thamel came on the show a few weeks ago telling us that the safety class is pretty weak and you know maybe they address that in free agency. In any case... Would you be pro best player available, or do you think they have to go after a defensive back or a running back or an offensive lineman or some other position that is more pressing than just get an athlete? All right, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, bore you with my Ted Thompson impression, uh, although I do do a mean Texas drawl. Well, I think now uh, we need to hear it. Je- Jason, come on, Jason. There we go. What kind of question is that, Jason? Um, that's just how it worked out. Um, I am Mr. Best Player Available. I, I just, I, I don't care what position they play other than if uh, they're picking 25th. If Caleb Williams is there at 25, I think they probably need to find a trade partner. Uh, but uh, I'm sorry, I think that whether you, if you look at this roster, I understand that wide receiver appears to be pretty well stocked now after what they did last year. I would agree that tight end appears pretty well stocked, especially with my favorite future star, Ben Sims, who I just think has the best hair of anybody in the locker room. I just think that there are so many other needs or needs that could become aren't needs today, but could become needs a year from now that you have to always take that best player. And if, if you have a situation where the next four best players are say wide receivers, uh, then you move back. Now there are dangers to that. Uh, you know, and, and I always use this as an example, but this was a flaw in scouting, not a flaw in uh, thought process on draft day. In 2017, when they moved back out of the first round and to number 33, they only moved back four spots, five spots, uh, and they had a bunch of guys graded the same. uh, And they had T.J. Watt graded lower than they had Kevin King, which whoever did those grades obviously effed up, but they trusted their board, and that's why they moved back. They figured they could get one of the players that they liked at that spot and accumulate an extra pick, which was a fourth round pick that they used on Vince Beagle, who they thought was 
commensurate with T.J. Watt. They couldn't have been more wrong. We all agree on that. But my point is, is that you don't know when your needs are going to change. And Ted used to always say, you're a couple of sprained ankles away from having a surplus of guys at a position to being short at a position. So I will always, always, always be BPA. And I'm not talking about the stuff that you don't want in your water bottle. Uh, Jason, I'm sure you saw the 49ers fired their D coordinator, Steve Wilkes, yesterday. I don't think that was... You think it was? I mean, Shanahan in that game uh, no, had, not had, at all. had his own issues. I wasn't issues. surprised at all. Were you surprised? Yeah, I thought their D was pretty good. I mean, first half they shut him down. Second half it got away from him. I don't know if that was Greenlaw, but you can certainly say, Shanahan, you had Kittle and Debo combined, I think, five catches for 37 yards. That's on you, bro. But what, my yeah, question I, is, if they lost in the NFC Championship game, would Steve Wilkes have been the safer pick than Halfley? Oh, interesting. So I, I'm not surprised. I'm not saying that his firing was necessarily justified. Chew, let me let me clarify mm-hmm. that. Okay. Uh, it was that it felt like from multiple points this season. I don't know why I I caught more. I guess because they were the top dog in the NFC for most of the year, but like. You know, I got a couple of buddies that cover the 49ers, so I read a little more about them than maybe I read about some other contending teams that the Packers aren't playing. Um, and it just always felt like Shanahan didn't really like what what Wilkes was doing, right? Like, there was the game, I can't remember which game it was, but, like, he sent an all-out blitz late in the game and they got burned by it. Um, and he just, it always felt like, unless they won the Super Bowl, and maybe even if they did, uh, he was. This was a bad fit. So I agreed. I didn't think their defense lost them the game by any stretch. Frankly, I, uh, Bulaga and I were talking about this, and he was talking about it with Homer too. I would argue that what lost them the game was that their front four probably could have gotten pressure if they weren't being held as often as they were. And then Wilkes was blitzing more, and then that was where they started getting into trouble. But my point is, is that. Uh, Wilkes certainly has a track record, right? He's been a, he was briefly a head coach. He's been an interim head coach. Players really seem to like him, but it just felt like a bad fit there. Look, taking a guy who spent the last four years coaching in college and making him your defensive coordinator inherently is a riskier play than say, you know, paying a draft pick to get a Jero Evero away from the Panthers. Now they were, they wanted to do everything they could to keep him and pair him with Dave Canales. But I really believe that if Matt LaFleur had his pick, and Matt LaFleur has not said this, so I don't want this to be me sounding like I quoted him when I said this, but I really believe that if Everell, if they could have gotten Everell, he would be the guy. I am, I, you, will, you would have to work really hard to convince me otherwise. Now, I also think that their interest in those Baltimore guys was real and they were ready to go to that version of a defense if one of those guys had been available or had they gotten far enough down the road to get them as their guy. Um, I don't. I still like the Halfley hire. I really do. I, I, I think that their personnel fits it. I don't think it's going to be a major shift. I think there's a lot of good things about it, but it's still a guy that, while he has NFL experience, the last time he coached in the league was 2018 with the 49ers. 
And lots of things change in the league over that time. And there will be, at least in my opinion, a certain level of ramp up or reacclimation process for him because he spent a lot of time in a, in a different, not vastly different, but different game that is college football. Yeah, I mean, you can look at Jimmy Leonard, right? He's out one year, was a popular yeah. candidate, and now he has to go back to, what is he, the DB's safety DB coach, coach yeah. DB's coach at Denver. And we're, we're talking one year, right, Jason? Yeah, I mean, and, and look, I, I love Jimmy. I've known him a really long time. Um, I understand that, you know, the timing three years ago was such that he he really I think he firmly believed he was the next head coach at the University of Wisconsin. Like he thought Chris was never going to get fired and that they would do the succession plan like Alvarez did to Bielema. And obviously it didn't play out that way. I would love to have Doc Brown's time machine and see what would have happened had he not turned down the job because it would have been interesting. And this is why the Evero thing I keep bringing up, even though it's fantasy land, Evero runs a similar but more aggressive and more creative version of what Barry runs and has been better at adjusting, right? And so you don't make a wholesale change in scheme. You make a more subtle change in scheme. If Leonard had gotten the job in 2021, who was he a disciple of? Mike Patton. Mm-hmm. Mike Patton had they had parted ways with Patton, and if he comes in, I don't know. Maybe it's worse. I will never know. But it's a subtle change. It's aggressive scheme still, and I, I just I would have loved to have seen what that defense would have looked like had it played out that way. Jason, our pal Rob Domofsky over at ESPN.com has a story. Seven plays that define Jordan Love's breakout season for the Packers. So people can check that out, ESPN.com. Is there one play that stands out more in your mind for Jordan Love this past season? Yeah, but I'm going to go a different direction because I don't want to steal Rob's thunder, although I haven't read that yet. Um, I'm going to say his last throw of the season. And the reason why it defines the season for me is because it tells you everything you need to know about how far he came. And I know I've said this to you guys before, but not everyone listens every day, although they should. Um, it defines how far he came that we were so stunned that he would make a mistake like that. Like you guys know, and, and I know that there's a small contingent of social media users that clearly don't listen to the show, all, any of our shows. They just are trolls on Twitter. But, like, they always love to bring up how I would say that I didn't see enough wow throws from him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was uh, – and, and, look, I stand by every stinking word I said about that. Like, there were not enough of them. There weren't enough in preseason games. There weren't enough in practices. There weren't enough in offseason shorts and helmets practices. There weren't enough going into the season to think that he was going to deliver what he delivered in the nine games leading up to the 49ers loss. There just weren't. But, and there were, frankly, not enough wow throws after Chicago and maybe a couple against Atlanta and in the comeback against New Orleans. There weren't enough of them yet. There were some. There were more than none, but there weren't enough. And then suddenly, and I I love the story. It was one of my favorite things I got to write this year was when I got LaFleur to basically admit that even though they lost, the Pittsburgh game was a huge turning point. He took, the, he, he took the governor off of Love. He convinced Love to let it rip. He let it rip as a play caller. 
they lost the game. He threw two picks, but it just looked so different than what their offense had looked like. He stepped into throws. He made confident throws. He made a ton of wow throws, which is what allows Rob to do that story, right? Because if there aren't wow throws, there ain't a whole hell of a lot of plays to define a season. Correct. And he wasn't just a game manager. He was a playmaker. And so my point is, is that the, how far he came from me being able to honestly and accurately say that he hadn't had enough wow throws to having so many wow throws that I don't know if I could have narrowed it down to seven plays tells you how far he came. And the fact that he made the wow throw in a negative sense, like, wow, I can't believe he threw that ball tells you everything you need to know about how rapidly and how significantly he grew as a quarterback. And the reason why he's now like fifth in the odds of winning MVP next year which no one would have said when they couldn't score a stinking point in the first half in most of their games in the first half of the season, tells you everything you need to know about how far he's come. Good stuff, Jason. We will definitely dive into that article. It is on ESPN.com right now. Seven plays to find Jordan Love's breakout Packers season. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, safe travels. Take care. Be good. (laughs) Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Jason Wildey is on Wildey and Tausch right after Jen, Gabe, and Chewy each and every weekday right here on ESPN Milwaukee. We'll take a break on the show. Be right back after this.